This is Karen, Coach's Corner Chats, and today on the podcast, I have Corey Buecher with me. Corey, give us a little background on where you're at, what you're up to, um, and all those other good things. All good, Karen. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, like I said, my name is Corey Buecher. I'm currently the head men's soccer coach here at Defiance College. Uh, we're a small private liberal arts division three school located out of Northwest Ohio, kind of the Toledo Bowling Green area, but still the same distance away from Fort Wayne. So kind of 45 away from Indiana, 45 from Michigan, but still here in Ohio. So kind of cool location on that. Um, this is my second uh, full year here at Defiance. So uh, since I've been a head coach, I feel like I haven't had a normal year with the pandemic and everything like that. So I guess this is what I'm used to. Um, but yeah, this is where I'm at now. And this is what I'm currently doing. What, uh, what is your current, like, what's, what things are going down at Defiance right now with, with your coaching staff and the players? Yeah. So, I mean, as of yesterday, uh, we are officially one month away from our, um, spring competitive game schedule. So our first game of the season's March 3rd. Um, so a lot of schools, they had their, what I call their competitive season, pushed back from the fall to the spring due to the pandemic. Um, so right now we're going to play, we have 10 teams in our conference, so we're playing nine games. And then we're kind of playing at uh, the end of that, like a one-off bowl game, kind of what we call it. So one will face two for like the conference title kind of a thing. And then three will face four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, uh, just for an extra opportunity and bragging rights kind of thing for the guys. So uh, we're uh, February 1st, we were able to start kind of official on the ball practice again. Um, so we, this is our first full week of being back in the swing of things with that. So um, that's where we're, we're up to right now. What are some of the, the things that you've already observed with the players? Like what impact has that false time off had on the on the boys is there like fitness issues technical like what some things that you've noticed that maybe or maybe they've come back in stronger because they've had more time to prepare yeah well I I mean I've kind of used it as a a positive for me because in my experience I got this job here at Defiance July 1st of 2019 and kind of how the schedule works I met most of my guys in person um August 12th, which was the moving day. And then it's like, hey guys, we got our first scrimmage in a week and our first game the 30th of August. So there was no kind of time before that to like implement anything, really get to know them. And then you think, hey, your spring season, you'll have some time doing that. And essentially right when they got back when we were gonna start practice, they got sent home uh, with the coronavirus. So this fall was really our first chance to do anything different. Uh, so we've been able to use that as an advantage. Um, fitness wise, um, we have our fitness expectations and we were going to do it in the fall. And you could tell the guys heard like a month out, the season wasn't going to happen, get pushed to the spring. So I think some of them came in stronger. Some of them came in like, Hey, I have some time to do this. Um, but we just started some fitness things back up and, and they looked really strong doing it. So I think people took the fall uh, very seriously and got something out of it, which is good. So with all of the chaos and like inconsistencies of like, it sounds like your first two seasons, what were some of the things that you were like, I can't control all that, but what are some things that you felt like you had to get in place with the boys um, that'll hopefully you can build on now in the spring to get hopefully into the fall and get consistent flow? Yeah, I think, well, the first thing was like, I, I was very honest with them. I didn't want to come in and reinvent the wheel. Um, I think it's my job as a head coach of how can I put 
11 guys on the field in the best position to be successful as possible and then bringing that next wave of guys, whatever. And with that short time, I didn't think it was, hey, everything I believe in and really truly want to do, like I'm going to come in and, hey, learn this in a week and let's do it. So it was very big on me watching film. Uh, I also valued a lot of things, but I think the coaching staff before me did. And I'm like, hey, there's some, obviously there's always going to be areas of improvement, but let's build off the things you guys were doing. You have a lot of momentum going forward and let's just make some little uh, tweaks and changes. Um, but the biggest thing was just them getting to know me and making sure that they knew that I was here for their best interest. Um, I'm very big on my job as the student athlete experience and how I can positively impact their experience to the best of my ability. And I'm also, oh, what I say intelligent enough to know that winning does that a lot of times. So it's putting them in positions to win, but also just letting them know that I'm going to be there. I'm in the trenches fighting with them. And I think they've reacted very positively for me coming in and uh, leading them, which has been good. So is this your first experience as a head coach um, at the college level? Yeah. So here at Defiance is my first uh, opportunity. So I was, uh, I guess we could go to my playing career. So I played four years of college soccer at Lake Erie College, Division II in the Cleveland area. And then I was kind of going to transition into a graduate assistant role at Lake Erie uh, right when I graduated. And it was going to be for the guy I played for. And then two weeks before the season, uh, he accepted a Division One assistant coach offer. So then I got to work with a, a new guy coming in right before the season. Um, and then I stayed at two additional years as an assistant coach after my graduate assistantship was up. So a total of four years on the staff coaching there. And the defiance opportunity kind of opened up right when I was comfortable with making, uh, I guess, a new adventure in my life. So was the... Um... So the cool thing was you were hoping to get kind of connected with your coach before he had a really good relationship with from playing with him and then he leaves. What was, what was, what was that like having someone else new come in? Was that a cool? Cause you got to see, like, I know what the program looked like before. Cause I was a part of it. Now I get to see this coach come in and, and maybe you kind of learned a lot more maybe from that. Yeah, it was at the end of the day, when I reflect like on how I got here as a coach, I think it was important for me just learning a new perspective um in the moment it was crazy as heck it really was <laughs> it was two weeks before the season and um obviously I just played with a group of these guys and we had a really strong senior class that year and we just came off of a record-setting year as it was so the expectations were super high and it was me kind of introducing the new head coach into like hey what life at Lake Erie is kind of like but also allowing him to make fresh opinions and judgments because he's the one in charge and me just being in a supplement role with that. Um, and it's still the, Hey, he's a new guy. I'm the only one on staff who's had a previous relationship with the players. So it's very much a balancing act of um, kind of checking on the players, making sure that they're all good while still, Hey, this new coach, he has a different style. He has a different perspective, but still backing him and his beliefs because at the end of the day, he wants to win just as much as these guys. Um, so it's definitely a juggling act, as I put it. What was the, how was that dynamics of, as a senior, you were kind of a senior leader of some of these juniors who now are seniors, but now you're a coach role. How did, what was that dynamic like? It, 
I was a little easier than most, I think, because um, I ended up living my last two years with like guys in my class, one who was a non-athlete, two women soccer players. Um, so I didn't live with kind of the underclassmen where I was like, I was at practice with them. We'd hang out and do stuff outside. We'd communicate, but I wasn't living with them every day. So like my main core, a group of closest friends were my age or older and stuff like that. So that was, it made it a little easier um, when I reflect back on it. Um, but it's still like, I had a younger brother who was on the team playing. So my family member, um, so coaching my, my younger brother, that was something uh, was an interesting dynamic because um, then it's also like, hey, I can't show favoritism because I might be saying all this stuff to the new coach and he might just say, uh, hey, I actually think my brother's good. I'm not just saying it because he's my brother. <laughs> so that, was, that was definitely a different dynamic. And it's something that I, again, not being like best, best friends with all the younger, the younger guys and being a captain, being a leader, um, it allowed me to transition a little easier than it could have been. Um, but it still had its, had its moments of, Hey, I, I know these guys, I know their habits and I have to have them see me as a coach rather than one of the boys or one of the guys all the time. I would think as a head coach, having someone with the inside knowledge of kind of behaviors, mentality of some of these guys, like it would be really beneficial for me to get from you as, Hey, who can I push? Who do I need to like put my arm around and like, dude, just talk to them individually. Who can I call out in front of the other boys? Um, I think would be a huge benefit. And it sounds like that you were given that opportunity to kind of share your input and jump right in. What kind what kind of responsibilities um, did you have at the, like as a graduate assistant? So if someone goes into that as a coach, what kind of things did you have, did you start out doing? Yeah. Um, kind of talking about that. So um when I was a junior and a senior, um, the graduate assistant on the team. So at the time at Lake Erie, the staff was only the head coach and the graduate assistant. So the graduate assistant on the team when I was a junior and senior was one of the guys I played with before. And he made the same kind of transition that I did. Um, so I kind of saw what he was doing and it was very much like kind of our head coach, let him be in his wheelhouse. He was a strength and conditioning kind of guy. Um, so he ran our strength and conditioning sessions. He ran our warm up sessions, ran our cool down. So that just looked like his main focus. And I didn't get to see anything from the outside perspective in terms of like recruiting or anything he was doing in the office. So it kind of just looked very much like, hey, our head coach had control over absolutely everything in the program except for that strength and conditioning side. Um, so that's kind of what I was preparing myself for because that's all I knew. Um, so I think that side was ended up what I had um, kind of the most control over because it's also the head coach wanting to have the guys be familiar with him and his style and how he runs practices. Cause it was a different kind of format, different delivery, different demeanor. Um, so I, like, I look back and I'm like, man, I, I don't know if I did as much as I could have. Um, like he did take me like recruiting trips and it was nice to get that insight. Um, but in terms of it, like I ran some of the strength conditioning sessions, I do all the warm up. I, I very much just acted as an assistant, like set up all the travel itinerary, made sure when we were traveling places, hotels are booked, refs were sorted for all the home games, stuff like that. So I think the kind of behind the scenes office work, that was where my main responsibilities lied. And I think that really helped me being a head coach because that's something I knew nothing about. Um, and now I kind of know what I want, what I'm looking for, how much time in advance you have to do those little things because that's not something you might think 
oh, I'm sure head coach at the college has taken care of. No, that's not the case. Um, so I think that the organizational aspect was what I learned the most as a graduate assistant, for sure, in my time. Yeah, that was one of the things that I've gotten from just talking to pre other uh, coaches at the college level. Every single one of them has been kind of the same eye-opening experience of, wow, there's a lot more to this than just showing up to the field and running sessions. There's so much like the recruiting process, as you know, now as the head coach is a nonstop constant, like reaching out, going to see games, da, 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 da. Um, and then just like you said, there's so much um, kind of itineraries and all these things you've got to get in place um, to get the boys, even especially with your kind of shortened season coming up nine games in I'm assuming like a month, month and a half is like tons of how you're going to get practices, recovery and all those kind of things uh, is, is really cool. So did you, are you, did you play high school? Are you from Ohio? Yeah. So I'm from the Cleveland area. Um, so I played, I, I did go to like a, a Catholic school. Um, it's definitely not your St. Ignatius out there or anything like that, but I played small ball division three high school soccer. So um, I think that's allowed me some benefits in my recruiting experience as well, because, I mean, I didn't play for the biggest high school. I didn't play for the biggest club and we ended up doing some good things and that helped me get to where I was. But that allows me to look at all schools, all players, um, because I know what it's like to be in that position. Um, so that's, yeah, I went to small school class of graduating class, of 82 kids. Um, so that was my background. The entire class, there was 82 in your senior class? My senior class, yeah. So the school's not even in existence anymore, which is kind of sad. I don't have an alumni game to go back and try and relive the glory <laughs> days or anything like that. But, yeah, it was – was, I mean, it was the best experience uh, I could have asked for. Uh, like, those are a lot of my close friends today, the ones I went to high school with. And a lot of them weren't soccer players when they came in and ended up being soccer players just because uh, we ended up being good friends. Um, so I, I wouldn't trade that experience for the world. And um, I think that's stuck with me the whole small school um, because Lake Erie College and Defiance, it's very much that, um, yeah, it's bigger than my high school, but it's very much about the small personalized get to know people interactions. Right on. Is, uh, have you, at what point did you say, you know what, Corey, I think I'd like to coach. I want to be a coach, a soccer coach. I think my first moment like when I look back and think about it I think I was a senior in high school and we do these kind of like futsal tournaments um just like in the off season yeah you're wearing your high school practice shirts and playing against other high schools but we had like for the first time we had varsity and JV and so this was after my senior playing season so we were just letting the guys play but again my younger brother went to the same school as me so he was playing and my head coach let me coach the JV team. So like, I, you know, you took it all serious. Like I wore like a shirt and tie and I'm 17 <laughs> years old, like coaching it, but I just had a positive experience of just trying to motivate and set people up for success. And I didn't go to college thinking I was going to be a coach or anything like that. Um, I went to college and my background's in high school education with a concentration in language arts. So I am qualified to go teach a high school English class right now, but I think that just resonated with me of that kind of age group, like 14, to, I guess now 22. Um, I just want to help people get to a 
better place in their life or accomplish something that they didn't think they could accomplish. And that kind of education snowballed into coaching for me. And here I am now. That's really, really cool how it just kind of like uh, developed on its own uh, just through your playing. And the thing that was cool too was like the, your story about watching the previous GA was you could tell you were constantly kind of just observing and learning and kind of like, dude, I kind of like what he's getting to do and the experience. And then he moved on and then you get to kind of slide right into that place. So you're constantly kind of in that learning process um, with with defiance now. So with that move there, you were talking earlier that it's it's within 45 minutes of, I mean, you've got Ohio, Northwest Ohio, you've got Michigan and then Indiana. Um, has that helped in terms of recruiting and stuff? Uh, I think it has. Um, I mean, my background coming in, like I was very much, I know the whole Cleveland scene and being at Lake Erie, you kind of get into, um, well, division two, the, there's the whole international uh, aspect of it, which what I was really knee deep in all the time, watching film, charging international players, different kind of stuff like that. But then you get familiar with like, um, Western Pennsylvania, you get familiar with um, all over Ohio, and you don't bridge too much into Indiana. Michigan, yeah, there was some Michigan connections. Um, but over when I got over here, um, with our conference kind of being like six teams in Indiana, three teams in Ohio, um, and then one team in Kentucky, um, I think it allows me to recruit Indiana like more than I ever thought I would just based on, hey, location for family and friends, like you're pretty centralized for away games and stuff like that. Then obviously I have connections to the Cleveland area, um, then the Dayton area, Cincinnati, like we're, we're the northernmost school in our conference. So away games, you're looking at a lot more closer schools for family to go to as well. And I think that's something that's important for student athletes. Um, I think, especially with everything going on in the world, um, I think two things I've realize is with people having online classes a lot a lot of people are looking for personalized interaction so that helps people looking for small schools be like yeah like that's we were still doing hybrid models um allowing our students to be in uh, in person with teachers um so that was good and then it's just having a connection to family where um i don't have to book a flight all the time to go home or i can plan it in a day to get back or family can come to games so i think we're in kind of a, a cool location where you could access a lot of things within 45 minute drive and games within a two and two hour drive. Uh, so I think location is good for that. Yeah. I was going to say too, I know just from experience from, from college and then kind of going with through it with my, my kids and like my coaching staff with guys that talked about, I went to this school and then realized there was nothing to do within, you know, an hour and a half of where I was at. So being kind of central and being able to like, you know, go to Toledo or BG or something like that. That's somewhat close um, and check things out is always a bonus. And plus, like you said, you're closer to maybe if you're in Northern uh, Indiana, it's, it's right there and it's a quick jump. Family can come watch games um, and vice versa. So I think that's, that's really a, one of the pluses of where you're, where you're located. Uh, yeah. And, it, and, and like, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh man, Defiance Ohio is the booming metropolis. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but like, like my recruiting pitch, if you will, it's like, we have everything you need here. It's just not in the sexiest way possible all the time. It's, we got Walmart. It's not Target. Like we got Tim Hortons and Bigby coffee. It's not Starbucks. Like, but we're building Like Chipotle is now officially up and next month students are going to go in and it, 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 it's awesome. I think I'm going to get 
five to ten new recruits just because we had a Chipotle across the street. <laughs> so that, that's what people are looking for in 2021. And I don't blame them because I was a big Chipotle guy myself. And that's the one thing I missed when I came over from Cleveland here. So, um, yeah, it's just it, it's easy access to get to everything. And it is quite rural when you go from Defiance to Toledo, if you will, um, with all the kind of rural towns in, in the mix of that and same with from defiance to fort wayne but you can still get there in 45 minutes to do things which is nice yeah that's awesome so you were talking earlier with the lake erie um staff having a head coach and then the ga what's your staff look like is it is it you and do you have assistants or what's the mix yeah it's funny you ask that because um so when i got here um again it was a short turnaround by the time the season started so I am talking to a guy who was uh, a recent grad of the program. Um, he just graduated last year, was all conference player for them. And he was staying around in the area um, because he was going to go to med school and he was working to save up some money. And we kind of got to talk in, hit it off. And I'm like, Hey, um, he came in as a part-time basis just because he was still invested in the program. He liked what I was saying from initial conversations. Um, so I had him, I'm like, Hey, come in, help me out for the fall, get a little stipend. Um, then if you want to go to med school, so be it, whatever you want to do, you want to stick around. Um, so the plan was him staying for fall 2019 and probably going off. So then I do have a full-time assistant position here. So after fall 2019, that position opened up and, um, I was interviewing some guys and things were going well. And then he kind of came back and he's like, Hey, like something happened, needed to save up some more money. Like he's going to stay in the area for another year. I'm like, perfect. Like, cause he was above and beyond what I could have asked for, for a part-time help. Um, so the plan was from January to January, he was going to come in, um, work. And then it's also like just having alums invested in the program. It's great for him, great for the current guys, because, um, it's the same situation. I've, I've been through it. I was a player. Um, I know, it means a lot to see that you're still invested and I could kind of help him navigate that. So he did a phenomenal job um, in the year and he finally went off to Duke medical school, which is big time, but also we were anticipating our season being in the fall. Um, so right now um, I'm just slugging out myself until next fall when I get to hire uh, another assistant. So um, it, it's been, it's been fun. It's been an adventure, but um, I had a lot of the work front loaded where it's just the guys know the expectations right now. Um, and it's very much manageable for what we have to do. So the cool thing is, is it sounds like each experience that um, guys are, it, it continues. It's awesome to hear that a program has guys that want to invest back into it, like pay it forward. Um, and then the cool thing in like your experience. And then now with this young man um, who has to be really, really smart to get into Duke, which is impressive. <laughs> Um, but also the fact that you're like, yeah, I want, I need more guys like you in the mix that want to invest. I think it's cool that you were given opportunities. You're like, it can, it's kind of cyclical and hopefully it'll maybe it leads him to, I don't, you know, he'll probably end up being an amazing doctor, but maybe he ends up coaching as well. Yeah. I told him he's going to go make a lot of money and then pay uh, for everything I need in the future because I was so kind to him. So I'm, I'm hoping that's the plan, but um, no, it's just cool because then I got, kind of the younger alumni group that he was connected with kind of got, um, they were already knew some of the guys on the team, but just seeing what he was doing, they had them stay in touch with how the program was doing. Um, and I mean, I guess one of the frustrating things about kind of the whole pandemic right now is we couldn't hold another alumni game 
um, just to get people back because I think there's a lot of positive things uh, going on here. Um, and like even like in, in the town on, on campus, I think th things are being built um, that like even belongs three years ago didn't have here. So it's nice that they see the schools growing and, and investing and doing some nice things um, to get them reconnected um, with the program. Because I mean, in the position I am, like I'm not, believe me, if someone wanted to come and build a stadium for us, sweet, awesome, great. But I'm not really going around asking for money or anything like that. I'd rather just get people invested in the program so this group of guys know that it, it's not just us against the world. There's plenty of other people that want to see us be successful. Well, and I think even, at, you know, jokingly about the Chipotle, but there's little things like that that do speak volumes about the community. Like, hey, we're starting to invest. We're doing little things around. And like you said, it may not necessarily mean we don't have to have the, you know, the most modernized facilities and stuff, but we can control what's on the field, uh, how we behave, how we do our things in the classroom and all those types of things. But it sounds like you're doing a great job of working with the boys with. Yeah, and like with that, like we still have, like an indoor field house with like multi-purpose floors with futsal when it's bad weather outside. We have a turf stadium on campus. We have our own grass game field, but that we share with the girls team and then we have our own grass practice field and the girls have their own. So like, like facilities, like I'm, I'm happy, especially like I was used to in college, like we were a really good division two program by the end of my time there. And we were playing at the, the local park uh, turf field sharing with the high school. So like I, I came from that experience and that's what I knew. And so if my guys ever want to complain about something here, they're probably sick of it when I just say, Hey, back in my day, like, you know, <laughs> well, we we're practicing at 9 30 to 11 o'clock <laughs> outside because the JV high school football team kicked us off and stuff like that. And they're like, all right, coach, we get it. We get it. We're sick of hearing this. So um, perspective is everything in my kind of view of thing and coaches. So try to, chime in with my perspective every now and then so. I think that's cool too because when it you went through the experience you experienced that so when you bring it up it's not like whatever coach you're just like no literally I we and the other thing was we played your Lake Erie group played at a high stinking level and still had to battle with some of those obstacles similar to now we're dealing with COVID and dealing with restrictions on like playing league only and all these types of things which I think is cool for them to like have you as a, as a mentor, cause you've been there, done that. Yeah. And I, I, I think they really bought into it as much as I say, they jokingly say those things. Like it's, it's, I think, especially being guy soccer, um, something I realized, like, um, I think people want to see you do it before they fully believe in uh, what you're doing. So just having the background I did and um, I, I had my assistant do it a lot over the last year and a half, but like I'd even jump in sessions every now and then just to get it from their players perspective. So, I mean, I, I said it earlier, but I want them to know that I'm in the trenches with them here. Um, I mean, there's, I think there's a lot of advantages of being a younger uh, head coach and like something I did with our assistant is we had them run a two mile for a fitness test in the last fall and me and him trained for it and ran it with them because we know it sucks. I know it's not the easiest thing to do. Um, but we're like, hey, we're right here with you guys. If we're asking you to do it, we wouldn't ask anything. We wouldn't ask it of ourselves. So that's kind of how we viewed that um, kind of message. Yeah, that's really, really cool. I like that. The other thing uh, you brought up was sharing the field with the, with, uh, the girls team. What has the relationship been with the girls staff and their program? 
Um, and how do you guys kind of do you like, how do you help one another and how does that kind of work in the world of defiance? I think really right now, it's not even just the girl staff, but it's everyone uh, having to be on the same page because with everyone basically season going on, um, we're sharing indoor facilities, we're sharing the turf facilities and everyone just has to um, just kind of put their ego aside and put their program aside and look at it for the better perspective as the college at some time. So you have to be one just in communication and, and as flexible as possible because um, I mean, bas the two basketball, women's and men's and volleyball, they kind of have their own spaces where they have their gym, their practice gym, stuff like that. But um, football, men's soccer, women's soccer, softball, baseball, track and field, we're all trying to use the same facilities. Um, so it's just very much, hey, you have to have constant communication because um, we're going to step on people's toes every now and then. It's just the matter of the matter of. I guess college athletics in 2021, but just knowing that, hey, we're all in it for our, our student athletes. And uh, I get it sometimes, like we're going to have to practice at 9 to 11 p.m. just because that's the only time we're going to get there, but we want to get something for our athletes. So um, if our athletes see that we're all, hey, we're never going to be mad at each other, um, at least show that front of we're frustrated and all that, we're just going to make the most of it. Um, that's what we're going to do. And like kind of going into it, um, when I was at Lake Erie, our, one of our, our head lacrosse coach, um, he would talk about his mantra for his team was um, kind of embrace the suck, if you will. So I think it was something like their, their bus broke down at a away game. They had to walk a mile and a half with all their gear to get there. Um, so they just had to, hey, this sucks, but we're going to embrace it. We're going to be better because of it. So it's not necessarily something that I, I tell our guys all the time, but it's something that I've kind of been motivated with in this crazy pandemic is if we're going to embrace everything that's going on and all we have to do is just embrace it a little more than everyone in the conference and we're going to get a leg up because if one person's complaining about it, then that gives somebody else an opportunity to get ahead of them. So if we're all on the same page and Hey, this, this is not ideal, but this is what the cards are dealt to us. Um, we're going to do the best that we can. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. So all the sports, the majority of sports in the fall that were played got pushed to spring and the spring sports are playing. So there's, instead of just, you went like in the fall, it'd be you, football, volleyball, and like the out, like track or cross country, tennis. Cross country. Um, now everyone's going at the same time. Holy logistical nightmare. Um, yeah, I mean, our uh, our athletic training staff, our sports information staff are, are awesome because they have to be super flexible and work a little longer days than they're used to just to try and accommodate everyone. So um, it's just constantly just, hey, you guys know, are appreciated because we understand that our lives are crazy and this makes your lives even crazier than usual. Um, so it's, I think, being part of a smaller campus, just knowing everyone personally, um, has allowed us to succeed a little more in these times we do that. For sure, because that would be, because so, especially because I'm just assuming as you're walking around campus, you're, you know, you're passing football players and you're passing uh, girls soccer players. You're just constantly seeing everyone. Um, and the fact that you're all kind of having to utilize the same facilities at the same time, I think is cool because you're getting kind of uh, an appreciation for like the football team's going through the same thing we're going through. They're dealing with the same obstacles. Um, whereas sometimes you sometimes feel like you're the only ones dealing with stuff, 
But like you just said, we're all dealing with it. So if we all go with the right mindset and the right attitude and we get after it um, and the understanding that all the other teams in our your league are probably going through the same thing, similar facility issues and, and, and what have you. Yeah, it's kind of the COVID is the ultimate equalizer, if you will, because it made everyone's schedules very much similar and it put everyone in conferences, probably at like multiple different levels on a similar place. Like we essentially had a division two, division one off season this fall because of how often we were able to practice um, just because we got moved back to the spring. Um, so it really was the ultimate equalizer and everything's, everyone's going through the same thing. So um if we make sure, like I said, we're not going to complain about it. All it takes is one person on another team to complain about it. And hopefully we can get a leg up. So um, yeah, it's definitely showing that unified front. And I will say that kind of wearing masks all the time, make it harder to recognize people on campus, but you're all wearing a <laughs> yes, logo and we all have our specific stuff. So you, you know, which people play, which sports, even though you don't necessarily know their faces, they're usually covered up nowadays. Yeah. Right on is, um, so here you are at Defiance, you're building. So it sounds like, how, how do you approach this spring season? Do you, are, are we going all in? Are we saying, look, dude, let's make, like, we've got to get results or are you using this as maybe a build up to let's crush it in the fall? Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but like using this as an opportunity to kind of maybe look at chemistry, look at different tactical moves. Um, how does one go about, this abbreviated thing or is this one of your opportunities to finally kind of like look here's the system of play I want here's the kind of you know how we build out here's the style that we go in terms of attack defending um how did what's your approach as you go into this the, this spring season yeah I think that's a great question and every school is in a different position with that and we are very much all in this season I mean the goal is just to win the next game and if you continue to win the next game hopefully you're 10-0 but um, having a group of 12 seniors kind of speeds our process like we have. And uh, these 12 seniors have been phenomenal from leadership positions just because they've all been through it together. And, and kind of how our conference is, is like the top four make the conference tournament. And these seniors, three years, they finished fifth out of 10, fifth out of 10, fifth out of 10. And they've even beaten the fourth place team the last two years and then they go the fourth place team goes and gets a great upset on a team and we go and slip on a game we shouldn't and we're sitting on our couches watching it so it's I, I might have a different perspective if I didn't have this group of guys and it's just I think I want to send them off the right way and so the goal has been top four and you win two games you make the national tournament with that large or the automatic qualifier from the conference but how things are at now um they want to set their sights for one and two. So that last game of the season, you're playing for a conference title because we don't have that conference tournament this year. Um, and because just how much I know they want it because they've been so close the two years before I got here in the, my first year, um, it really has the fall. Like we've really much implemented um, kind of what our playing style wants to be and who we are as a team and finding our identity. So that's all been set. So now it's just time to go out and, improve it and these guys the upperclassmen have really led the line for the younger guys to come on in get to the standard and, and hopefully accomplish something special that's so awesome the perspective that you've got of recognizing where they've been and so you know which is i think cool from a coaching standpoint that's the you know the 
the nuances of coaching is now you use, you can use that as their motivation. Like you can dig into that. Cause you know, like, dude, I know you guys have been so stinking close. We don't have time. Like you talked about with the complaining, we don't have time for that. Like you guys are so close and those little slip ups are an example of where maybe that one little complaining or you let a, a call bug you. And then that's where our focus dropped. Boom. We give up a cheesy goal that we shouldn't have. Um, so I think that's an awesome like motivator and, to be blessed with 12 seniors, like you said, have been that close and gone through it. What that's a, that's really, really cool for your, your kind of mix that you have. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's also terrifying in a sense that these guys are. <laughs> on the edge and um, I mean, we have, I mean, I've been, like, I think the cool thing at defiance right now, which is also, again, something I lose sleep over is I uh, realistically, we can, we got 35 guys on our roster. And I think something different about division three is like one through 35 is a lot closer in talent than, um, kind of my experiences at other places. Um, so yeah, we have those 12 seniors and they've been awesome leadership. Um, but we have underclassmen who, who are stepping up and performing as well. So it's not like we're going to have to reload a whole starting 11 or stuff like that. But, um, if we got a March a game on March 3rd, like my starting lineup that I think I would play tomorrow could be very different than what it's going to end up being based on how people are performing because we are that close, um, in talent ability and just understanding of the system. So, um, it makes my life hard as a coach, but I'd rather have those hard decisions than have no decisions at all. Um, so it won't be, a, like, there's definitely not going to be a complete rebuild because we got a lot of talent returning. Um, but it, it is still terrifying losing 12 seniors who have really, um, I think I've just connected with and just know how much they want it. So um, they've just, I really just want to send them off the right way because they've worked so hard for it. Well, I think the cool thing we, and I mentioned, we talked about it earlier about your playing days and experience. So you know what it's like to go into that senior year and know like what it's going to take, what it's like to play your last game, you know, of your senior season. But then the cool thing, like you're talking about is we're bigger. Our program is bigger than just 12 seniors. We're, we're all of us, all 35 guys. And it sounds like, look, man, when you step on the field, it's competitive. Like this is all good. Like you're going to earn your spot. Um, and so if there's an underclassman or someone like you that walks in the field and is consistently doing things in games and in training and stuff that warrants them playing, they're going to get that time. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it makes practice environment very competitive. Um, and we do have some things in place to even ramp that up even more um, just to put like weighted things on practice. But uh, it's very much like guys, they're going to put tackles in at practice. They're going to go hard, but then it's going to, I'm going to help you out. And we're going to go uh, to dinner later and hang out and have a good time <laughs> like i know wednesdays like we have competitive practice on wednesdays and they all get done with it they shower up and then 20 guys are going to roll to the mexican grocery store and get dollar tacos that are the authentic good kind and they, <laughs> they just do it every week so it, it it it's it's fun it's it's nice having that family atmosphere where then they you know you have each other's backs but we're still fighting for minutes starts all all in between um as well every time we step on the field that's an awesome dynamic. I love it. Is uh, so it sounds like you're really, really happy where you're at, and it sounds like you're building something that's going to be um, really successful. I'm excited to see where it goes and grows. Is there a is there a uh, in your mind where Corey might end up as a coach? Do you want to become? Do you want to go higher level? Um, are you just kind of like, look, I'm still trying to develop and see what I can do as a head coach with defiance and then I'll, as things go, um, 
go from there? Or like, what are kind of your aspirations that kind of looking forward maybe 10, 15 years? Yeah, I mean, I, I think maybe a fault of mine, I've, I've been very much someone who lives in the moment as much as I can. And I don't think too much about the future, which sometimes is great. Sometimes is you're not setting yourself up for success that way. Um, but I've just, I think I've just put so much energy in my thought process into how I can be successful here. Um, and I, you come in and you want to do it like selfishly, you want to do it for yourself. And then you meet the group of guys and sometimes something just resonates with you. And it's like, Hey, this is a lot more than just me. This is, um, these guys, soccer careers, um, these guys, college experience. And, and that's where I'm at right now. That That's what I want to do it for. Um, so, um, like I, I, I talk to recruits and we take them in the locker room and kind of, we have this thing, like as a freshman, like you have to earn your name tag that's on your locker and all that kind of stuff. And, um, I, right now the freshmen have all earned theirs cause they went through fall and they did an awesome job. And the only one that has the masking tape with like the Sharpie writing in it is mine because I don't think like I've done something to warrant that yet. Like I really want to have a successful season and feel like I've accomplished something. And I don't think I could ever leave a situation if um, I haven't accomplished something to be remembered by. Um, so maybe I'm just naive in thinking of that, but at least right now, right now in the moment, um, that's where I'm at. That's kind of all I'm thinking of. So like I, what I have learned though is um, I think I have the coolest job in the world. Um, just being able to kind of help people, like I said, get to a, a better place in their life and accomplish a lot of different things. And I get to do it through the game of soccer, which is the best game in the world. So I've, I found what I've wanted um, to do all the time like, with the rest of my life. And um, maybe it will take me other places. Um, who knows? Um, but yeah, I'm very much in the moment focused on what I'm kind of doing now kind of guy. And we'll see where the wind takes me um, later in life, if you will. The cool thing I have heard is like earlier talking about like we're in the trenches with you guys. Um, and then even that story about the the masking or the, the tape and Sharpie is that like I'm holding you guys to a really high level, but I'm high, holding myself to that same level or maybe even higher. Um, because if I bust in and do my job, then I'm going to pull you guys up to a level that you're going to play at a high level. Um, and like you said, not maybe not necessarily just on the soccer field, but you're going to create young men. They're going to make positive impacts on, on uh, the community, e even like the assistant coach who's going to Duke University and stuff. Like those are just those cool stories that you get to tell even beyond like the soccer field. So, Corey, now that we've got all this information out there, if people want to connect with you, what's the – What's the best way to maybe get in touch with you, um, ask more questions, find out more about Defiance Soccer um, and what have you? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a younger guy, so I'm definitely a text, I email, but you could tweet, you could be in my DMs on Twitter, Instagram, something like that. Um, I try to use social media as a platform to kind of promote our guys, so uh, DC men's soccer is, is our, our Twitter account and DC men's or DC men's soccer 20 is Instagram. So we try to do some fun things on there just to promote them. Um, but I mean, the easiest way, just go on the website, um, cbuker at defiance.edu. That's the email. Um, I, I let people, you can follow my personal account on, on Twitter just to kind of see what I'm up to. Uh, personally, I'm very much, if you want to see 
Liverpool, Cleveland Cavs, Cleveland Browns stuff. That's basically what my timeline is filled of when it's not defiant soccer stuff. But um, I, I I like to think I'm pretty tech savvy of where I can connect on any kind of platform that we're on there. And I'll make sure when this when this episode goes out, I'll put all that information in there um, so you can connect with Corey uh, because just based off of what I've heard, just some great experience from him at the, at the playing level, coaching level. Um, sounds like he's got great buy-in at Defiance um, College right now. I'm super excited here to watch and see how the spring season works out uh, for you guys. And I appreciate you hopping on the show with me. I'm going to wrap it up. Hey, this is Karen, Coach's Corner Chats, and I'm out. Peace. The beanie of choice for Coach's Corner Chats episode today was from H&M. Check them out at hm.com.